Alright boys, tell me exactly what happened to you out there. Well, we found a demonic Atari. And we were just trying to play the games, keep the kid occupied so we don't die. No, no, after all that. Alright, we already been through this whole Atari business. What happened after? Well, that's when you guys showed up. Saved our asses. And that's why they call it Pac-Man in the West, not Puck-Man. Anyway, you guys want to play a different- Alright, dirtbags. In the name of the Lord, everyone in here freeze! <laughs> and yet the power of Christ compels all of you not to move a single freaking muscle. Oh shit, it's the 7770. We're saved! Just not baptized. What in the heaven is going on in here? I said don't move. Hey, uh, dear Sarge, I got this shot, uh, do you want me to take it? No, I said we're doing this by the good book. We're bringing them in. Wow, detective, cop, police, priest coming to save the day. Who would've known? Kinda reminds me of that game. Oh, Faith? Yeah, Faith. I have a few things to say about that while we take cover here. Yeah, I think we should talk about it. Fear Macabre, and welcome back to Fear in the Faith, our first major event where we talk about the world's oldest boogeyman, the devil. I'm Brandon, and as always, here's my co-host, Justin. How's it going, everybody? How you doing, Justin? I'm doing swell. Very swell. Swole. Very swole. We're swole. <laughs> brother. Brother, brother. And uh, today we got a special episode for you. It's our first time on the show not reviewing a movie, but a video game. We got a video game today, and it is a video game by Airdorf, and it is called Faith. We're reviewing chapter one here today on Radio Fear Macabre. I was excited watching you play it. First uh, time ever seeing a horror Atari game. Well, yeah, a horror, horror, <laughs> a horror game, a horror game. Were you, were you playing Atari porn once? Okay, look. <laughs> okay, it is a, a horror game that is styled like Atari. Yes, and uh, I've always wanted to play this game. I've been watching the hype of this game for a long time, and I finally got to play it. Justin watched me play it, and my initial thoughts was it was for what it is, even though it's a short game really well done yeah so we're gonna be talking about that here today but first let's get into our horror headline here's your horror headlines on radio film Almost thematically, though it's just through coincidence, we have a lot of video game news to talk about this time. 
Yes, we do. And starting with, on horror headlines, Dead by Daylight is getting a dating sim. Yeah. <laughs> we watched uh, we watched this trailer together recently on their um, sixth anniversary event that they were holding. Yeah, sixth anniversary, uh, having a new map, new killer, new survivor. Yeah. And a dating sim. And a dating sim. <laughs> nice little trailer of a... Buff, handsome trapper. Himbo trapper, I believe, is what he's going to be called. <laughs> Was not expecting to uh, see or hear about them making something like this. They added sex to Dead by Daylight. <laughs> That's been a meme on Twitter for the longest time. Yeah, I know. You finally got y'all's wish, you perverts. <laughs> a bunch of people. What if they added sex to Dead by Daylight? Now they have. <laughs> so many pinhead, them being chained up memes. With his arms out, just... I mean, Pinhead, he's kind of all about that. <laughs> I'm sure we're going to play it. Oh, we're absolutely going to play just it. Just to see what the fuck this is going to be about. Yeah, that's the only reason. <laughs> oh, yeah, you got to get you some Huntress action. Uh, the spirit looked cute as fuck. Not going to lie. <laughs> get after it, man. But if you wanted to date any of the killers on Dead by Daylight. Did, did they say whether or not you're dating just the killers or survivors on it too? They were really on the preview. It was just showing the killers. It didn't show the survivors. Maybe you, maybe you play as a survivor. Like you pick what survivor you want to be and you're trying to date a killer. I hope, <laughs> I hope it ends with you just getting killed. <laughs> Lovingly. Lovingly killed. Hi. I'm Claudia, I'm 27, and I just want to find the perfect partner for me. The one that I know is the one destined to stab me in the throat. I'm very caring. I love to heal people. And I just want to get stabbed on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> the new killer for Dead by Daylight is creepy as shit. Absolutely. What was his name um, again? It was the... And we're talking about Dead by Daylight, not the dating sim. <laughs> Though, dear God, I hope he's not on the dating sim. Oh, God. Uh, it's the Dredge. The Dredge. Scariest killer that, that the devs have made so far. Yes. Uh, the first non-humanoid killer that we get. This thing is a floating mass of flesh and bone. With hands and claws. and Coming out of... All sorts of places. Something made out of your worst nightmares. Yes, it is a nightmare creature. And it looks kind of like a chicken neck. Kind of like a penis. And it's got a wobbly scythe arm. A fleshy scythe arm. It's Mori is sick as hell. It starts off thinking, oh, this ain't looking too good. Until the ending. Yeah, it stabs you a bunch of times and then just pulls you into the darkness of the abyss. That's terrifying. And your body disappears. Yeah. Nothing left. That's something to look forward to. And he comes with his own map. Comes with his own map, his own survivor. Yeah. The thing I was looking forward to the most is the dredge. His special ability is he can go in lockers. Yeah. He can teleport between those lockers, too. And if there's a survivor already in the locker... He kills them while... Well, he attacks them while they're in the locker. He fucks them in the locker. Again, we're talking about Dead by Daylight and not Hooked on You, which we didn't say the title of it, uh, Hooked on You, the Dead by Daylight dating sim. That's where sex is in Dead by Daylight. <laughs> in other video game news, something I'm, I'm a bit more leaning towards on 
horror video games at the moment. Evil Dead the game. First of all, fucking amazing. Damn good video game. I've been playing the shit out of it. Uh, and it has sold half a million copies in just five days. So this game, it's got legs. And it's going places. And I'm very happy to see that. Yep, first thoughts on the game, really well done. But with all new games, there's going to be bugs. Oh, there's a shit ton of bugs in this game. A lot of bugs, balance issues. There's a shit ton of balance issues in this game. Elagos is OP as fuck. Like, there's times to where... You're trying to pick up a weapon. Oh, nope. It decides it's not going to let you pick up the weapon. Yeah, that's cost me a lot of good legendary weapons. Or you're in a certain part of the map and you can't move. But let's get off of all those negatives and talk about the fact that this thing sold half a million copies in just five days. So clearly the interest is there and the audience is there. And I think this game is going to get full support for a long time. In the way that Friday the 13th should have had the lawsuit not happened. But also, we are getting pretty soon, they didn't say exactly when, we're getting a new map in Evil Dead the game, uh, Kandar Castle from Army of Darkness. That's going to be a badass map. Oh yeah. So if you ever wanted to be Ash Williams fighting the Deadite in the pit, that pit, you're going to get your chance in Evil Dead the game. I wonder if it's going to be like the complete where like the whole movie was at. Like it's going to have the castle and the Probably the graveyard. The graveyard. Where the and Necronomicon's at. Yeah. It'll, it'll have all because the maps in this game are huge. It should have the whole map for Army of Darkness. I think it will. Unless they want to save that for, you know, another Army of Darkness map. If, if they want to focus more on the castle, then I understand. Yeah, because the castle should be fairly big. And that'll be our first, like, big, big building. Because we only have two maps so far. A map based off of Evil Dead 1 and 2 with the Nobi cabin in it. And it's got some other stuff. And then we got a map with, like, El Brujo's hut and all that stuff from Ash versus Evil Dead. And the trailer park that Ash lived at in the beginning of Ash versus Evil Dead. Um, so it's cool that we're getting an Army of Darkness map. It's cool that this game is doing so well. I hope for many more years of its success. I hope it has constant player base and support like Dead by Daylight currently does. I want both of these games to do well. A lot of discourse is going on in the Dead by Daylight community over the success of Evil Dead. Communities in shambles. Oh, they're absolutely torn apart. No, but they're, they're, they're not. But uh, some some people are like, stop comparing Dead or Evil Dead to Dead by Daylight. Two completely different games. Yeah, they're, well, they're same in the sense that they're both an asymmetrical multiplayer horror game. That's about it. Yeah. Uh, Evil Dead, I think I like more than Dead by Daylight already. Game you actually play Survivor in. Yeah, because I only play Killer in Dead by Daylight. <laughs> But in this one, I don't want to be the demon. I want to be Ash. I want to be Kelly and Pablo. I want to be Cheryl. Arthur. Henry the Red is a beast in this game. Though none of them are as good as Army of Darkness Ash. That man is broken. <laughs> no, I thought that was Elagos. Elagos is broken, but on the survivor side, <laughs> Army of Darkness Ash is, I mean, hell to the king, baby. <laughs> In other video game news, we got a rumor that Silent Hill 2 is getting a remake, and we got a rumor that The Last of Us is getting a remake. I don't know why this game would get like a full-on remake and not just like a sequel. 
Because it wasn't that long ago The Last of Us came out. But apparently it's getting a remake. Sounds uh, great. Uh, have you ever played The Last of Us? No, I have not. Fantastic game. And in my personal opinion, and this might anger somebody, <laughs> the last good Naughty Dog game, the first Last of Us game, I wasn't a big fan on the sequel and I wasn't a big fan on Uncharted 4, but uh, The Last of Us, the first one, very emotional. And God, it would make you cry. Oh, it would. Worse than it did me. Oh, no. It involves being a father. Oh, no. Uh-huh. And babies. During the zombie apocalypse. Oh, no. It will make you cry. I can't wait for us to play it. First of all, there's going to be a Twisted Metal live-action television series. So that's insane. I don't know if y'all ever played Twisted Metal on the PS1. Welcome to Twisted Metal. To Twisted Metal. But it's getting a live-action television series, and Nev Campbell's going to be in it. I wonder if she's going to be one of the drivers, or she's just going to be a side character. What uh, Which vehicle did you use a lot in Twisted Metal? The ice cream truck. Sweet Tooth? Yeah. That was me too. Absolutely. <laughs> no, in some of the uh, Twisted Metal games, you couldn't play as them. I think I only played Twisted Metal 1 and Twisted Metal Black on the PS2 or PS3. I can't remember which one Twisted Metal Black was on, but uh, the ice cream truck was on both. Yeah, I had three or four that made in the P- on PlayStation. Uh-huh. Yeah, I had most of them. I don't know where the fuck happened to them, but no. I played the hell out of them. Yeah, they're fun games. Because it was around the time to where combat vehicles was like real popular in the like early 2000s, late 90s. Like, you know, remember battle bots and shit? Yeah. It was all about that shit. Yeah, it's a, it's a mix between Mad Max and horror. <laughs> because Mad Max, is the, the, those movies are all about like beefing up your ride to be a killing machine with guns and blades and stuff on them. Uh, and the main character of... Twisted Metal, Sweet Tooth, is a slasher killer. <laughs> killer clown, ain't it? Yeah, he's a killer clown. He's a slasher. He wears a clown mask. He killed his family. Nev Campbell, she's going to be playing the character Raven. Uh, Raven is the character that drove the haunted hearse. Ooh, yeah. so she is going to be a driver. Yeah, she's going to be a driver. So she's going to be playing Raven, driving the haunted hearse, a very Elvira-esque character in the game. Ooh. Yeah. So that's going to be really interesting. Marvel is going to be launching a brand new Alien comic book series coming this summer. The writer is once again going to be Philip Kennedy Johnson. He's been responsible for the series before. uh, And it's going to go on sale beginning August 10th, 2022. And uh, I think it was last horror headlines I was talking about. I want to get into the Marvel comics of Alien. So it sounds like I'm about to have a really good opportunity to start. Though it hasn't been going on very long, so I could probably just start where they actually started there you go. a year or two ago. Yep. I'm excited for that. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the video game made by Gun Media. Gun Media released a new trailer of the game comparing shots from the movie to the recreation of the scenery and area in the video game. And I gotta say, this game looks gorgeous good yeah it looks almost identical to the film itself they have spent a lot of time working on this game which gun media is known to do that the maps in friday the 13th the game like perfect recreation of some of the areas you see in the films beautiful yeah and uh, they have spent that same amount of attention and detail and time if not more 
in this game doing the same thing for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre series, which I'm very excited to see. Now, I didn't get to play Friday the 13th a lot, but... I did. Justin did, and he's really sad to see it discon... or he's basically dead. But uh, you can't keep me away from a Texas Chainsaw Massacre game. We gonna be playing that shit. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. And hopefully... It comes out on PS4, and not just PS5. <laughs> You're gonna be one sad boy if it happens. If it if it's like not coming to PS4, I'm gonna be really sad. Thankfully, Evil Dead came out to PS4. Yes, because you would have been really, really, really sad. Very upset. <laughs> We're still waiting on the Switch version of that too. Yeah, I know, right? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah. You'd be playing the hell out of that game with me if you could. So that's all. That's it for horror headlines. Now on to our main topic. Chapter 1 by Airdorf Games. This game released on October 4th, 2017, exclusively for the PC. We're currently waiting for Chapter 3 at the moment. Chapter 2 is already out. When Chapter 3 does come out, Airdorf plans on releasing a package deal of all of them in the Unholy Trinity collection. Nice. And I believe that's coming to consoles as well. But, Faith. Spooky game. Atari graphics. Also, the graphics remind me of... Uh, you ever played the Oregon Trail when you were a kid? Yes. That's what it reminds me of. Yeah, like DOS game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what he's going for. A bit Atari, a bit DOS type feel. Because when I was watching you play it, it felt like... reminds me of the Oregon Trail. Because I remember playing as a kid... When we're in the computer rooms, we played the Oregon Trail. I remember going to a private school for two years as a Christian private school. On the computers, they had Lemmings, and they had the Oregon Trail, and I was playing the Oregon Trail, and one of the teachers was, like, watching me over my shoulder, and I didn't know it, and when it, like, showed that somebody died of dysentery, she's like, you can't play that anymore. That's just terrible. You can't play that in God's house. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if I was playing this game. They would have set the computer on fire. They almost did that when they saw me using MS Paint to do a picture of Carnage from Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Faith. It's a stylized game to be sort of like a retro game, which is uh, and has been a, uh, a, a trend in indie games lately to make your game seem retro, um, to give a, a nostalgic feel for a new game. It's also a way to get around you know graphical limitations of an indie game not being developed by a triple a company give it give it a little bit of pizzazz with some nes snes genesis atari style graphics and it's an artistic choice not a limitation <laughs> yeah it's pretty cool how even though it's using sort of an atari style that they kind of modernize it to still look fucking really good yeah uh, the uh, the cutscenes. yes especially that's what i was about to say the cutscenes are Pretty damn creepy. Yeah, I mean, it's still using like what would lo what looks to be a limited graphical imagery for the cutscenes, but it's rotoscoped, which is something I don't think you could actually do on an actual Atari back in the day. 
Yeah, I don't think on an Atari 2600 you could have a cutscene of a crawly boy yeah. coming after you. Yeah. But, if, I mean, if you look at the animation of those cutscenes, you can tell it's rotoscoped where they had, they filmed somebody moving and then put the graphics of the game over that and animated it. By the way, the crawly boy I was talking about, his name in the game is Michael Davies. Yep. When I first saw you play the game, I was thinking, oh, it's just some demon monster, but no, that's a human that's possessed. Uh, formerly a human. I think the closest thing from everything that we know uh, from horror movies and games and stuff like that that we could describe, used to describe this guy, would probably be a Deadite. I was going to say Deadite. Uh, but Davies, he's a freaky motherfucker. He used to be a 10-year-old boy that got possessed, and like an over a period of three weeks, his body started to change into this creepy thing that you see now. Um, but that's a, that's a good point to bring up. This game, despite its simplicity, uh, has some rather deep lore. Now, you won't get all of it in Chapter 1, but there there is a good bit of story going on, even in Chapter 1. Mostly just reading letters that you find. Yeah. Let's talk about the gameplay, or at least the opening. It opens up, you're in the car, you're, you're driving on the road out in the woods, and the character gives a monologue, an Atari early... Uh, text-to-speech type voice. Character's name is John Ward. Yes. And John Ward is a priest. Maybe. Possibly. And, but Used to be. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that in a bit. But he's on a mission to go to this house that he was at a year prior to the events of the game, where him and another priest, Father Allred, performing an exorcism on a girl. Amy. Amy had two twin brothers and a father and mother. They lived at, in a house out in the woods, and he's going to settle some unfinished business, and this was not approved by the Vatican. September 21st, 1987. It's been one year since I first went inside that house. I have to finish what I started. What I am about to do has not been approved by the Vatican. Or as I say, the Vicodin. The Vicodin? <laughs> you know what the Vatican is, right? It's the special group that all Catholic priests has to go to in order to get an exorcism approved. Kind of, yeah. Sort of. They're, 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 they're the higher-ups in Catholic religion, uh, but the Va Vatican, I almost said Vicodin too, the, the Vatican uh, is actually a place. It's where the Pope is in Rome. Ah. But when you're talking about the people that kind of run that place as a group, you also kind of say the Vatican. Okay. Kind of like if you were talking about getting something like ran through by law in, in the United States, you say, yeah, this came straight down from the White House. You're not talking about the actual White House as the building approved it, the people working there did. You know what I mean? He's doing the equivalent of somebody doing a special mission that nobody knows about. He didn't talk to the cardinals in the Vatican about anything, uh, he's about what he's doing. Actually, Clues tell us that he is specifically making them believe that he's not doing this because he's not supposed to. This is personal. Yes. So he goes to the house that's in these woods. First, he's got to get through the woods, and that's where he's run upon by uh, Skitter Scat McGee, fucking Davies. Who, oh, Michael. 
yeah, Michael Davies, um, and he's all fucked up. And he kind of runs along the screen like a spider, and he's just all like, I'm gonna get you. But he's, yeah, he's actually kind of terrifying with his voice, though, because he has text-to-speech type voice as well. And he's just saying so much shit at one time. Yeah. You can't understand what he's saying, except sometimes. And he comes out like, Father! <laughs> or, uh, what does he say? What else? Oh, there's like a couple lines. Like kill you or some shit like that. Like kill you. And he, I think he speaks in Spanish in some cases. There's one really funny one. I can't remember what he's saying, though. I will say, you playing the game... He is cheap as fuck sometimes. He is. One of his lines, he's actually referencing another spooky thing from the internet. He says, I have the body of a pig. I don't know if you ever saw that. It's it's creepy. No. <laughs> One of his favorite, or my favorite line of his is when he's uh, running at you from behind and he goes, Suffer! <laughs> uh, it's, it just sounds so funny. But also terrifying. And cheap. And cheap, yeah. As you were saying, he... Uh, when you're on the... Uh, as you're playing the game, if you're on... The, he hasn't showed up yet, you're thinking, oh, he's not showing up this screen. And then you get near the edge of the screen or like near a corner and then he'll just pop up and you literally have like, what, about a split second to react? Or to react to it, yeah. Sometimes you probably don't even have time to react because you're like, oh shit, and then... Yeah. But what are you reacting with? What are you doing when you react? Well, let's, let's talk about that um pull out your cross you have a crucifix with you now this crucifix is going to chase off evil spirits because the power of christ compels you what i didn't know at first because he just holds it over his head so i thought as long as i just like pull out that cross and hold it over my head i'm good no you got to be facing the right way too <laughs> It's got a blast on, man. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on on the um, on the cross, written in tiny letters, just like on a claymore mine, uh, it says There's "face face front towards enemy." <laughs> you just didn't read the instructions. Man. I guess not. But as you're going through the woods, you see nice little scenery. You could say that through Atari standards. I mean, there's deer. Yeah, the, you'll see a deer around. every now and then. Uh, the the woods area of the game, the fir the starting area, it's actually randomized uh, up to a certain point. I, I saw a map of it. Uh, everything in the center is randomized, but there's stuff along the edges where that's going to be there. The stuff where you find the letters hidden. Yeah. Which, by the way, in order to get the letters to appear while you're in the woods, you have to go to a certain objects that are in the screen, and you got to hold the cross up next to it it like blinks for about what two seconds and then looks like a ghost pops out of it and then there's a letter yeah what do you what he means by certain objects it'd be something that you haven't seen on every screen it's not it's not just trees and rocks it's gravestones a puddle of water a puddle of water like a certain rock formation uh or a well yep um uh, a pile of deer bones yep uh stuff like that um that you don't see almost in every screen but the, scr the screens that has letters is supposedly the ones that are not randomized. Yeah. Uh, so you go around finding all these letters, and these letters are giving you an insight into the, the lore and backstory of this game. It kind of goes into the family that lived there. Uh, you're reading letters that they were sending before the, or before the possession started. Yeah, letters to each other, uh, newspaper articles. A birthday card invitation yeah. with a 
scary ass fucking clown on it. That's you specifically get out of the well. Mm-hmm. What's that doing in there? <laughs> uh, that's probably a Pennywise reference. How you doing there, Torchy? We float down here. You'll float too. We've got toys down here. So all we're, all you're doing at this point is going around collecting letters. You can just go straight to the house, but you won't get like the full experience or ending. Yeah, I'm sure uh, some people would like to do speed runs. You could probably beat this game in like three or four minutes. Maybe a little bit longer, yeah. <laughs> go up straight from where you are in the truck. I mean, you don't even have to well, go off course. I'm thinking the boss fight with Amy, is it? I'm sure there's quicker ways to kill her. Maybe. They always find shit. Where you can just cross, cross, done. Cut cut the cut scenes. So you're looking for all of these letters and fending off Davies. One of the secrets in the game to get the final letter is to actually scare Davies off a, uh, a certain amount of times. And then he'll drop a letter. And that one actually gives you a bit more insight into his backstory. Which the, the sequel, Faith Chapter 2, is actually more about Davies and uh, his father and all that. But then you go into the house which is at the northern part of the map. That's when it starts getting even more creepy because before you're going, when you're in the woods, there's always been some music playing in the background. As soon as you get in the house, it's dead fucking silent. Just, yeah, and um, fuck. Me and you were both like, uh. The music that's been playing the whole time while you're in the woods is an 8-bit Atari version of Beethoven's Sonata Number 14, the Moonlight Sonata, which is really creepy. It's also one of my favorite Beethoven pieces. And here at 8-bit while you're playing a spooky Atari game is pretty cool. But yeah, it gets dead silent once you get into the house and immediately you see some things are off. Like everything's kind of monocolored because it's Atari style, but like there's something different colored in the picture framed on the wall as soon as you walk in and you can explore the the lower section of the house or you can go upstairs now at this point you gotta go around and pick up stuff kind of examine it and find letters and stuff like that look in a mirror and you see a a figure behind you yes which i have something to bring up about that later something we missed Oh, we missed something we missed something and i found out about when i was uh, looking up info for this episode but yeah we missed something the ghost that was behind us mm-hmm. mm. so you're you're going around this house exploring and you find notes and stuff like that eventually you go upstairs and then you find your way into the attic and amy is there and this freaky ass cutscene plays um where she kind of knocks you out and then you wake up in the bed in the yeah. be- in the bedroom uh, and there's a the, the cutscene I'm talking about is a cutscene where um, she's at the foot of the bed and she rises up and her hair's in her face, kind of like the ring. Yeah, creepy as fuck. Is this before you go to the basement and you see all that bloody stuff? Oh, I think yeah, it was the basement. Yeah, we go to the basement. We see yeah, 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 stuff, yeah. And then we get knocked out. You go to the basement and there's blood in the basement and then you get to the final area in the basement and there is like a um, pentagram. Well, it's not really a pentagram yet. It's uh, just these uh, runic symbols drawn on the floor in blood. And when you get there, that's when Amy knocks you out. You wake up in the bed, and she's at the foot of the bed, and then she disappears. And then you have to go to the attic. And then once you get into the attic, it starts a boss fight. And while you're working your way up in the attic, you're getting uh, attacked. You're having to dodge stuff. Up to the attic. 
while you're getting chased. Once you get into the attic, there's a room at the very back. In the room you're in, the two crucifixes on a wall spin around and then go hang upside down. You go into the room, and there you fight Amy. This is a freaky cutscene where um, she asks if her face is pretty. And then you see that she's clawed her face off by herself. And a bloody arm comes out of her face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Creepy as fuck. Yeah. And the boss fight's pretty easy. Uh, a pentagram gets drawn on the floor. And she kind of just goes around this pentagram. And you have to use your crucifix on her when she's vulnerable. And but she touched you once. Mortis. Yeah. Mortis. Uh, she'll summon runes on the on the ground in a circle around her, and they'll spiral out. And if your feet are touching those runes, she'll immediately kill you. She'll, like, charge right at you. Yeah, no health bars in this game. One hit, you're dead. Yeah, and she'll also do a move where she summons uh, duplicates of herself, but only one of them's real, and they'll circle around you, and you got to aim in the right way and use your crucifix to make that stop before they gang up on you. <laughs> And the more you hit her, the faster she becomes. But you defeat her and she jumps out of the fucking window. <laughs> like any exorcist movie would be. Yeah. Jumping out of windows. <laughs> Which, uh, on the, the list of inspirations for this that Eredorf has, uh, Exorcist isn't one of them. P.T. is. P.T. Blair um, Witch Project. Neon, De- uh, Neon Demon. Yeah, I was surprised when you told me that, that there was no inspiration from The Exorcist. It has to be, though, right? Yeah, like Duel, The Void, Blair Witch Project, The Neon Demon. Yeah. PT, Silent Hill 2 specifically. That's a good Silent Hill. Powered Drill Massacre. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of similarities to this in The Exorcist. I mean, you're a priest, supposedly, going to exorcise a demon. Girl. Yes, from a girl. A demon girl. Uh, but she she jumps out of the window. And I, I don't know if we said this before. This game's really short. This episode might be a little short. Yeah. Then you go downstairs. You see a, a shotgun. Yes. When uh, If you're facing down on the screen, though, while holding the shotgun, it just looks like a cigarette. A long cigarette. Yeah. <laughs> With one bullet, by the way. You only get one bullet but if you shoot it you can go back inside and reload yes which i didn't know that at first uh but here is where the game branches out into multiple endings uh and you take the gun you go out in the woods and depending on what you shoot it gives you a different ending or don't shoot or if you don't shoot anything and you get killed by davies at the end um it gives you a different ending but but you shoot him yeah before you go out into the woods and shoot anything, there's a secret boss. Ooh. Yeah, there's a secret boss in the game that we didn't do, uh, and I only discovered it here recently when researching for this episode. If you take the gun and you go over to the mirror that's in the bedroom and you you, you go to this mirror previously and you see this uh, creepy thing behind you in your reflection. If you shoot the mirror, it'll crack, but it won't break. And then you go back into the lobby and grab the gun again and shoot it, I think about three or four times, you keep doing that, the mirror will break and a hand will reach out from the mirror and grab you and pull you in. And then you enter a boss fight with this weird eldritch demonic being thing while you're pulled into another dimension oh shit 
Yeah. And it's a pretty difficult fight from what I understand. I didn't get to do it myself. We probably will just to say we did though after this. You fight this and a note drops. This isn't the end of the game if you fight this thing. You still have to go through the other endings, shoot something in the woods. But a note drops, just a little extra for you, and it gives you some very important lore uh, about the character you're playing as yourself, Ward. The note that this demonic entity drops is a note from John Ward, you're the character you're playing, to, I believe, somebody in the Vatican, stating that uh, he has served time in a mental institute for about three months, and he's ready to leave, and he had to do so, he had to admit that he is of sane mind, and he understands that the event from a year ago with the exorcism uh, was not due to any paranormal causes, but due to a small girl with some issues being pushed to her limit by religious people and her family believing that she's possessed. And so she killed her father, not because she was possessed, but because she was at her wit's end and, you know, like fight or flight kicked in, survival instinct, and that's what caused it. Uh, of course, he doesn't believe this, otherwise we wouldn't be back at the house, but that's what he had to say to get out. So John Ward, the character we're playing as, after the events that took place a year before the game events, he went to a mental institute and was no longer a priest because of it. That's why... In that one ending, we saw that it was like uh, the Vatican denouncing to the police that this guy was a p actual priest, practicing yep. priest. Yeah, he was just going down. He he was just going to that cabin for his own vind vindication or some shit. Yeah, but yeah, uh, something we missed. Nice to know. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, five different endings in mm -hmm. the game. You can pick up the gun, go down from the house, follow a trail of blood. You'll see Amy yep. just standing. A little clearing. And you just shoot her to death. You just shoot her. Drop her, and then you go in the car and get the fuck out. And that's considered the bad ending, I believe. Yep, because as you're driving away, cop pulls you over. Yeah. <laughs> and you get arrested for the murder of Amy, and uh, that's where the Vatican... Uh, when asked by the police, they say, oh, he's not a priest. He's not with us. Then another ending, you go to another little cabin in the woods. There's just a gray guy mm -hmm. standing out near the house about to run away. You shoot him, you get another ending. It's like a father and son ending. Yes, and that gray guy that you see and shoot here... Uh, is actually the character you play as in Faith Chapter 2. But that ending leads you to driving out in your car and thinking that you did good, and then Davies is in your back seat, and you just hear him say, Father! And he murders the shit out of you. And this actually jump-scared me. <laughs> when you weren't expecting it? No. <laughs> yeah, he jumped out from the back seat, and I was like, Shit! <laughs> the best ending is if you take the gun all the way back to your car mm -hmm. if you don't have the gun if you already shot your shot before this You're dead. and you go back to the car Davies jumps you and kills you before you get in the car if you have the gun with you you can shoot Davies and he stumbles and bumbles into the street and then a damn truck runs him over yeah semi truck uh, runs him over and then there's a police report about some hairless creepy animal that got hit by a truck by the way, when you start the game and you try to go out in the street, be careful because you will get run over. 
Oh, yeah, you can get run over yourself. Uh, <laughs> but I think this is considered the good ending. Yes, it's the best ending. Which is... Okay. <laughs> you just leave that girl alone in the woods, possessed. There's really not a good ending. Yeah, it all sucks. <laughs> Somebody's having a shitty time at the end of this, no matter what. Then there's another ending where you shoot a dead carcass... We didn't talk about the dead carcass before. When you step on it, uh, and it gives one of the most popular lines from oh, this yeah. game. Chaos, Chaos reigns. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, I guess, a reason, one of the reasons why you shoot it. Yeah. You shoot it, and then you get attacked by cultists. Yes. They cause you to, yeah, they cause you to wreck when you leave your car, or leave in your car. Uh, they cause you to wreck, and they drag you out in the woods and kill you. My favorite one, though, is, uh, you go out in the woods, you shoot a deer. Yeah, you can find a deer and shoot it, and then um, you hit a deer with your car on the way out, and you wake up in the woods, and a bunch of deer are surrounding you, and one of them kills you. <laughs> I just, it's my favorite one because it just seems funny to me. It's, it's like it, deer's I, getting justice. That's the, the comedy ending out of all of them. <laughs> it's kind of like the infamous Silent Hill 2 comedy ending where, because there's multiple endings in Silent Hill 2, and one of them, you, uh, you, could, you go to this secret room, and all of the stuff that happened in that game is actually being orchestrated by a little Shiba Inu puppy. Uh, at a control panel inside a UFO. So that's your multiple endings. That was all of them, right? So we did the one we shoot Amy, we shoot the person, carcass, um, deer, and when you shoot Michael. Yeah, that's all of them. And the secret boss. And the secret boss. We've pretty much talked about the whole game. <laughs> yeah, it's a simple game, but uh, that's part of its charm, actually. And it does have really deep lore to it uh deceptively deep lore and i'm sure we'll play chapter two sometime eventually and we'll talk about that too i'll probably wait till chapter three is out and i'll play them together play all three at the same time yeah back to back to back which we are ever so excited for chapter three i know people have been waiting for that for a long time and I know Airdorf has been working really hard to get it out. It's just been taking a while, mostly probably because of COVID and all that. But Chapter 3, hope it comes out sometime soon. I think it, I believe it is. I believe Airdorf recently tweeted that he made some significant headway with it here recently. So That's good. Very good. Very excited to see that. That's pretty much the game. Uh, what was your thoughts on Faith Chapter 1? From what I've seen when you played it... Um... I enjoyed watching you play it. Like the way they use the visuals, even with Atari graphics, they made it to where it looks really nice. Yeah. Negatives, I guess, besides the secret boss fight, just one boss fight, and game's really short. Yeah. But that's pretty much it. Yeah, I wouldn't consider those things, in my personal opinion, negatives, because... I, I mean, it's part one of the, the whole story, so that's probably one reason why it was short. Yeah, and from what I hear, Chapter 2 is actually like a lot more to it than Chapter 1. I'm excited for us to get to playing that. What I do like about that, I like simple games. If I'm playing like a, a really attention-demanding gameplay-type game, I feel like story gets in my way. When it comes to games like that, like Doom Eternal. Doom Eternal has a good story, but it's out of the fucking way. <laughs> because you're focused on like some really hardcore gameplay a simple game like this having a lot of actual lore to it deceptively so 
because it's surface value, you wouldn't think that it does have a lot of story to it, but it actually does if you pay attention. The story is the focus. Yeah. Simple gameplay with really good story and background story to it. It reminds me a lot of a game I'm not really looking forward to talking about on the show, but we might someday. <laughs> but yeah, as short as it is, I did enjoy it. I wish we did get to do the boss fight that we missed, but oh well, no harm done. But yeah, that's been Faith Chapter 1, and therefore, the end of Fear in the Faith. How much did you enjoy doing this? Well, a lot, yeah. Me too, bud. Me too. I'm proud of our, our special that we did here, of all this satanic horror and spooky demon shit. Fear in the Faith, wrapped up right here. What was your favorite thing in Fear in the Faith? I like the skits that we've done. I enjoyed watching all the movies. All of them? Yeah. <laughs> I really enjoyed The Exorcist, going back and watching that movie again. Yeah. And The Omen, watching the uh, original instead of the remake. I like that. And even though I don't like it as much as some other people do, Rose, I enjoyed watching Rosemary's Baby. Well, I had fun here with you, Justin, doing Fear in the Faith. I did too, bud. Even if our souls may be a little bit blacker because of it, we might have sold them at some point in this without even knowing it. But, hey, only the good die young. I don't know. <laughs> so, with that, I'm going to close it here because clearly I don't know what the fuck to say. I love you guys. Thank you for joining us. In fear in the faith. We'll see you guys very soon. And we hope to bring you more events like this in the near future. Bye bye. Alright, dear pal. Uh, quit your squirming and getting squad car. I have rights, you idiots. Let go of me. Yeah, yeah. Tell it to the judge on judgment day. Oh, hey. What's, uh, what's this here in your pocket? Um. Hey Sarge, looks like I found, uh, what's this, a uh, little dime bag of tannis root. Uh, that's for my demonic glaucoma. I'm sure it is, dirtbag. Good bookum. We're bringing him in. You too. You boys good? Oh, yeah, we're fine. We're just ready to get the fuck out of here. But hey, Mr. Main Cultist guy, we're gonna miss you so much. I hope you have a good trip. Oh, fuck you, both of you. Burn in hell. Hey, that's exactly where you're going, pal. And it's a long trip. Kid's going with you, too. And then you guys brought us here. You boys didn't have to go into the whole thing about your entire conversation about the whole freaking Atari game. That's a bit unnecessary. You told us to tell you everything. Either way, you boys are safe and sound now. And you're free to go. Sorry for the long wait. You'll be happy to know the demonic cultist guys have been sent back to hell and the kid's been freed of his body. Since he can't go back to Greg or that maiden chick, uh, he's gonna be held up for adoption. Do uh, either one of you boys wanna take him? Hell no.